This, this, this show is brought to you by Safety FM. Warning. The following podcast contains adult language, adult content, weird and unusual stories that all happen to be true. We didn't start this war on safety, but we're going to fight that safety war and we're going to win it. In today's episode, we're going to talk about disaster preparation, specifically medical considerations, first aid and CPR, and all that other stuff that goes along with it today on Safety Wars. Way back in episode 13, we talked about the need for first aid and CPR trained people at construction sites. Generally speaking, unless you get medical attention within three to four minutes, you need to get someone who is trained in first aid and CPR. Modern training also includes, that is, automated external defibrillators. Now let's talk about what you need at home during a disaster. What do you need to prepare for? And remember, most of the home disasters dealing with first aid and medical issues are typically going to be acute. It's the longer term medical stuff that you really need to manage. And that takes a lot of effort. I have some suggestions at the end of this. First of all, in a disaster and emergency, don't become the problem and don't make the problem even worse. In other words, avoid getting hurt or hurting someone else. For an acute emergency, what would you need? You would need to follow the triple A's. Hopefully you prepare for this well ahead of time. What is that? Assess, analyze, and act. So for an acute emergency, get the training for standard first aid, CPR, and AEDs. Next, you need to get the equipment that you think you're going to need. A standard first aid kit in most situations should suffice. However, some other things you need to consider. How many people am I responsible for? How big is my household or family? Do I actually need an AED? Should I get one? This might be for a situation where you have a longer term plan that you need to uh, plan for. If you have people with health issues, heart issues, things of that nature. Where am I living? This is really important and near and dear to my heart. Is medical help, meaning an ambulance or EMT, far away or a hospital? Do I have to go hours to find someone? What things are not included in a normal first aid kit? Remember, those are all done by ANSI standards. That say, well, this is as American National Standards Institute that say this is what belongs in a first aid kit. So what is not typically in one that you may need? Liquid bandages. Relatively a new development over the last 30 years where they've become part of first aid kits often. First aid supplies, liquid bandages, diabetic testing equipment. Since we're going to have something like 40% of the population diabetic in the next couple of decades, guess what? Diabetic testing equipment and know how to use it. Glucose tablets for diabetics. An EpiPen for all different types of situations. Things specific to you or someone you are responsible for. Or is there something that you need? Something for disinfection like alcohol, rubbing alcohol, peroxide. Larger supplies of ibuprofen and all the other painkillers and fever reducers out there. That's for long-term disasters. Maybe you could share with someone. And anything else you may need. What about for long managing these long-term chronic situations like high blood pressure, diabetes, or any other real major health condition? What do you do about that? What do you do to manage it? Do you have enough medicine to get you through a few weeks or a month in a disaster? Does anyone else know about your medical needs? Or do you know about your family's medical needs? You have to have these difficult conversations sometimes. I manage the medication of other family members, so I make a list to help them reference all of their medications and their health and their doctor information. All that stuff I have written out on a piece of paper. The list has the following, right? All the medications and the schedule for taking that medication. Who are the doctors that prescribe that medication and what's their contact info? Here's another one. What are the medications for? Why are you taking that medication? What are any of the side effects? What pharmacy are you using? If you're separated from home, you have to relocate. It would help if you go to the same pharmacy, maybe if it's a branch pharmacy, a local pharmacy, you may not 
uh, be able to get copies of your prescription in an uh, emergency. Larger chains, you might be able to. All the vitamins, because vitamins can cause interferences with some medications. If they are diabetic, what's the last A1C measurement they had? What's the lock for their blood sugars? High blood pressure? What were what are the last readings you had? Maybe you have that all in a log all ready for you. On a separate paper, have all of their doctors and insurance information. You don't really want to hand that out to anybody, right? Also have emergency contact information available on their person. All this stuff goes into this. The advantage of preparing all this medical information ahead of time is if you have to go to a doctor, hey, what medications are you on? And a doctor has it in the computer, but they want to double check. Here are my medications, doctor. You got an EMT coming over because they have uh, some type of medical emergency. Here's all the medication that I'm on. Here's all the medication my loved one's on. It makes their life a lot simpler and you know, speeds up the whole process of this. And there's no uh, hesitation here. You're able to just give it to them. There's not, well, well, I don't know what they have, or the victim is there, and they're like, oh, well, or the patient, hey, oh, I, I don't know what I have in an emergency situation. You're not going to remember this stuff. So I have this stuff available. Do keep emergency numbers next to the phone. At home, a 911 system might be the best option. In a workplace, it may not be, and you might have to remember a special emergency number. During one emergency, I forgot what the facility emergency number was. But guess where I had it? On my hard hat. And this is after I was doing orientations constantly and repeating this number. We actually had an emergency. I forgot the number. I had it on my hard hat, so I was able to reference it quickly. Where is the exact information of the emergency? This may be difficult in a car, but you have certain programs now that are able to, that come with the car, that are, you're able to call emergency help. They know exactly where you are. But let's say that you're at home. You have an emergency at home. You have a choice between a landline and a cell phone. What am I going to do? I'm going to take the landline. One, better connection. Number two, they know right where you are uh, with the landline. Another thing to consider is this. I know of a family, right? This is an actual personal story. And of course, like all the stories, they're true. We change a little details to conceal the identities a little bit. I know of a family that moved out to a very rural area. The emergency responders took a long time to get to them in an emergency. And a member of the family ended up passing away. I'm not faulting and nobody faults the first responders because they had two or three other emergencies that they had to respond to before they got to him. So if you have a major health issue, you think you're going to need an ambulance at a certain point, this is something you need to consider. Am I close to a hospital? Am I close to the ambulance squad? Am I close to getting help? Who on my street may be able to help me out? Do I have a doctor on the street? A nurse on the street? Anything like that. No, talk to your neighbors. So, no, this was a horrible situation where he couldn't get help in time and he ended up passing away. To compound the issues, the wife did not even know where the hospital was because she was in a panic. Did not know how to drive to the hospital because she was in a panic. And the other thing is that she did not have first aid or CPR training and had no idea of how serious a medical condition that this person had and what was going on. Again, preparation. Way ahead of time. I'm going to leave you with this final thought. And a major emergency responders might be overloaded. In those cases, you might have to manage the situations yourself for a time. This is where you need to assess, analyze, and act appropriately. And it's critical that you do so because you might save lives. For Safety Wars, this is Jim Polzel. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. 
No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen.